Hey, um, happy Guy Fawkes Day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty unusual, isn't it, that we celebrate um, the capture and execution of a guy. Um, little something about Guy Fawkes that you might, may not know. So it was uh, 1605 where Guy Fawkes and his uh, band of merry men were uh, attempted to blow up Parliament. The goal was that they wanted to get a, a Catholic king back in charge of England and uh, they were trying to kill King James. Now, uh, the, they, uh, you read the story and it sounds like Guy Fawkes was under the Houses of Parliament in England guarding all the, uh, the gunpowder. You can just imagine him sitting there and someone dobbed him in and they arrive and he's just like, would have had this very guilty look on his face and, um, and a bunch of gunpowder behind him. But the interesting thing is, is that it was right around that exact same time that King James I, who he was trying to assassinate, was... Uh, had commissioned for the Bible to be translated into English. So the King James Bible, it's the same King James. And if they'd have blown him up and killed him, it might have been decades and decades and decades, maybe even centuries before the Bible had actually, could actually be translated into English and be made available for the people. So yeah, you better pull that one out at parties and go like, hey, let me just tell you something I know about Guy Fawkes. So, all right. Hey, we are... Right in the middle of a series that we're doing called Wisdom, the Art of Living Well. The Art of Living Well. And uh, let me, we're just getting wisdom in from, the, from the book of Proverbs out of the Bible. Let me read you the very start of the book of Proverbs from the Bible, okay? It says this, chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Cool, eh? Let me read it to you what... It says in the message translation of the Bible, just to get a different angle on it. These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living. Who doesn't want that? For learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. The art of living well. Who wants to live well? Some of you. It's good. (laughs) Let Let me tell you something. Everybody wants to live well. Even Sometimes you look at people and they're making a bit of a hash. Of life, you know, they're making some bad decisions, and uh, and you just go like, "What are you doing?" But you talk to those people; they're just trying to do their best. They're, they're trying to work it out. They're they're getting fed some bad information. They've seen some bad models of doing life. They often don't know the right ways of of doing things, but they're still just trying to do their best. Everyone's trying to live well. Everyone's trying to just 
get the best life that, that they can. I mean, you know, Jacinda spoke last week and uh, again about wisdom and the art of living well and saying that when we, on our wedding day, her uncle gave, was trying to give us some relational advice. And he's, you know, this is, he's on his third marriage. And he's, you know, I'm like, it's a, yeah, I appreciate your good intent, but we're going to find our input from other places. And um, when I remember when um, a little burst um, a while back now, there was a, uh, there was a boys' home in Awaraka, and I, I worked there as well, just as a um, kind of a, a, just a part-time you know, social work side of things. And there was young boys that would be coming into the home there for a season because they, they were in bad situations or they'd done something that didn't warrant them being locked up, although some of them were locked up. But, um, but they'd come in there and they'd be hanging out with guys and they'd be learning how to like uh, steal cars and they'd be learning how to break into homes, how to get around alarm systems in homes. So I'm just thinking like, man, you're getting your input on life from all the wrong places. I'll tell you this, this book of Proverbs, it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine just to learn how to live well. So believe it, learn it, apply it, and just, just grab a hold of this thing. Just a, resolve to align your life with what it says because th- if you do, things are likely to go well. I said that last bit on purpose. Things are likely to go well. Because you've got to read Proverbs. Some people read Proverbs and they think that they're a promise. They think, if you do this, then this is guaranteed to happen. That's not what these are. They're not guarantees. They're not guarantees. It's, um, but they are rules that generally apply. Generally, if you do this, then this will happen. Generally, if you do these wise things then good things come out. Generally, if you do these foolish things, then things aren't going to go so well. But there's no guarantees. You know, sometimes bad people win a lot of, um, and good people win a lot of. Sometimes foolish people inherit a lot of money. And, uh, you know, sometimes God-honoring people experience hard times. So, so when it says something like a chattering fool will come to ruin, it probably will happen. Either that or they become a talkback radio host. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what happens. Sometimes it says that, um, the Bible says that victory is won through many advisors. It's just saying, like, you know, you get lots of input and advice, then, you know, you'll, you'll go well. doesn't always happen. If Winston Peters is in the mix, you know, it just, it's just ask Bill English. So these are general rules, okay, general rules. They're not promises, general, but they are so worth making part of who you are. And then as you employ, apply the things it says to apply, then good things will happen in your life. I'd just like to pray as we get going. Okay, God, I just pray that you'd open our hearts to, to allow truth and wisdom to just soak into our hearts and into our heads. God, I pray that the wisdom that we're going to be hitting on lots of different areas this morning, God, that, that, that would somehow lodge so in, in situations where we need them. God, you would, you would bring them to our, our mind, God, that you would 
you would allow us to, to see life through this wisdom so that we can apply it and uh, so that things will generally go well with us, God. We thank you for, for the wisdom that you've given people, you've shown people that, that have been recorded and that are now in your, in your word. We thank you for that. God, I pray that it would, it would land in us and, uh, and allow us to, to do life. God, I pray too that you would give us wisdom. It says in, in James that if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask for it. And, and God, that you will give it to us. You will add your wisdom to our wisdom. I pray for each one of us here that that would be, that would be something that you would do for each one of us. And it would also be a prayer that would be a part of our, our prayer uh, rhythm, God, that we would constantly be asking for wisdom so that we could get insight, your wisdom added to our own experiences and, uh, and thinking, God. God, we're so grateful that you want to be involved in our lives and want to and want our lives to go well. Amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about money. Yeah, money. Um, so I've called the message today Snakes and Ladders. Who's ever played Snakes and Ladders? Yeah, it's a bit of a dumb game really, eh? but... Um, that's all right. No skill involved whatsoever. But, then you, but you still feel good when you win, don't you? You know there's no skill involved whatsoever. So snakes and ladders because you know the game that you hit a snake and you slide backwards. And you hit a ladder and you get a big you know, a jump, jump forward. And uh, the book of Proverbs is just full of a bunch of stuff like that around money. A bunch of snakes that if you hit these things, do these things, you're going to slide backwards Hit these things, you're gonna go. You're gonna go forwards. Okay, so, so strap in. This is gonna be a whole bunch of stuff. Like seriously, you might think like I'm gonna take notes on this. Well, you better get your phones out and get those thumbs warmed up, and or get your notepad out and get ready to go because there's a whole bunch of stuff here. So, before we get into the, we're gonna start with the snakes. Okay, we're gonna start with those things. Then we're gonna get onto the. the and I'll tell you, you're going to have to stay awake here because it's like there's guaranteed get rich stuff happening when we get to that. Guaranteed, all right? I'm telling you, the Bible tells you, guaranteed, but you have to wait for that. So you have to stay awake. But people say, well, what, you know, what's the deal? Like, uh, you know, should we even be like looking at um, getting wealthy? Or, um, and I think what the Bible's talking about here, it, it does talk about there is real value in gaining financial stability. And again, I've chosen my words carefully because it's like you talk about wealth and it can mean a lot of different things to different people. So let's just call it like financial stability, um, where you're not um, in a place where it's, there's uncertainty around what's happening you know, in the next month or the next couple of months around the finances. So, but gaining financial stability, it has the potential to just bring such help into your life. In uh, Proverbs 10, 15, it says this, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city but the poverty is the ruin of the poor. And, and what that means is that, is that you can handle some disasters. If there's some financial stability there, you can handle some disasters, like a medical challenge that is actually going to cost something, either for you or, or your family. Or your car needs upgrading because the, the repairs are starting to cost more than, it's, you know, than the car's worth. Or your washing machine breaks down, or just things happen. Um, there's a recession and you're in business. You know, like, so that's, 
the wealth of the rich is a fortified city. And, uh, and you know, having some of this financial security can just take away stress in, in many areas of life. And you, you hear, um, you talk to relationship counsellors, and they will, they will talk about how so many relationships blow apart because of the stress tied in with, with financial things. It's just a reality. Um, and so gaining financial stability is well worth it. Another funny, interesting thing that says in Proverbs too is that, you know what, I'll tell you something else about money is it's like if you've got a little bit of financial stability, it makes making friends a whole lot easier. It's like the poor are shunned even by their neighbours, but the rich have many friends. So, um, so having financial stability, you can be more generous. You just got more options, and so there we go. All right. So snakes, big traps to avoid. You ready? You ready? Okay. Okay. Here's a few. Number one, laziness. Yeah, yeah. All the uh, older people are nodding and all the young people are feeling a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just something about your teenage years. You just have to get more sleep. It's okay. You'll grow out of it. It's okay. Proverbs 10, verse 4. Lazy hands make for poverty. Proverbs 24, 33 to 34. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Laziness. Here's something I want to throw out there for you. Is when you think about, you ask yourself the question, am I a lazy person or not? Could I encourage you to not answer that yourself? Look at someone that, you know, is a bit older, you know, that has kind of done pretty well in life, and ask them if they think you're lazy or not, if you really want to know. Because here's the, here's the thing. Just because you're tired doesn't necessarily mean that you're working hard. How many people have played sports, have played, a, have played a team sport like that requires fitness? Okay. The start of the season... How hard is it to play a whole game at the start of the season before you've built up your fitness? It's hard. There's this thing called match fitness. And it takes time to build up to it. They say with professional football players, they're at their peak in their fitness around the sort of 29, 30, 31, after about 10 years of like training really hard. They've got this huge match fitness. And I'll tell you, it's the same when it comes to working. When it comes to working is that if you want to be someone... That, uh, that wants to, to, to do well in work and avoid this whole thing of laziness. You've got to build up work stamina. I mean, it's really interesting. You talk to people that are straight out of school and, uh, or they get their first full-time job, 40 hours a week, and um, like the week before they got that job, they were talking about how school was just so hard and like... And then they get a job and it's like eight hours a day, every day, for five whole days. It's like, they come home at the end of that first week and it's like, oh, this is unbelievable. It's just, it just gets all right. You just got to build up some work fitness. Or they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm just getting so tired. Maybe I should just, 
I should just take a day off. I should just call in and, you know, I've got just a slight tickle in my throat. That'll probably be enough to, like, call a sick day. But there's something interesting about laziness. It says in Proverbs here, and I've experienced this. (laughs) Proverbs 19, verse 15, it says, Laziness brings on deep sleep. I mean, you can think that you're tired because you've been, you think, I must be, I must be working too hard. I'm really tired. And here's what I've discovered. I've, I've done stretches where I've worked really hard and I've got tired. And then I think, like, I probably just need to get a whole bunch of sleep and then I'll be fine. And I get a whole bunch of sleep and then I'm still tired. And it's like, it's almost, it doesn't matter whether you're sleeping or you're not sleeping. It's like... You know, life just makes you tired. And, um, but it says here, laziness can make you tired. So don't think just because you're tired, it's like, oh, I've got to get even more sleep. It may be actually that you need to do more work. So laziness is a snake to avoid. Uh, so, um, all right, number one, that's number one. Number two, the snake, excessive love of pleasure. 21 verse 17, whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. And for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you're thinking to yourself, why is my financial situation so hard? It's because of your love of olive oil. (laughs) Or maybe it's coffee or shoes. Or wow, <laughs> touchy subject that one. <laughs> or tropical holidays, or or buying your lunch every day, or the brand of clothes that you buy. I don't know. It's just if you love, but if you love something too much. You'll spend money on it, and you'll often spend money on it even when it's not prudent to do so. Does that make sense? It's like, um, I read this book on, on addictions, uh, and the guy started off talking about, he said, like, let's not use the word addiction, let's just use the word attachment. And philosophers for centuries have been using that word to describe this thing that we have the ability to attach ourselves to. This, we, we can get attached to something so that if we... And it's like it's all tied in with the wiring in the brain so that when we don't get it, everything in us wants to get it. I'll tell you a little thing for me that I get antsy about, it's like an attachment, is if I don't read the paper when I'm having my breakfast. So I'm just saying, it can be just little things, but you can just get attached and your brain just says, like, I want to read the paper, it's breakfast time. But there can be things that actually can drag you towards spending money in a way that's not, not wise. So, Number three, snake number three, being taken advantage of. Now, let me read this, 17 verse 18, one who has no sense shakes hands in pledge and puts up security for a neighbour. 11.15, whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer, but whoever refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. 
there's some characteristics that people have that are beautiful. And two of them are having a generous heart and having a soft heart. And you put those things together, though, and it can be really dangerous because those people can get taken advantage of because they've just got a natural tendency to want to be generous and they're also kind of a soft-hearted person, so they find it hard to say, to say no. And if that's you even a little bit, um, you've got to work out ways to not get taken advantage of. I'm not saying you need to shut down your softness and become hard. No. You don't want to shut down your generosity and become tight. No. It's, but you've got, to, you've got to work out ways to protect yourself from being taken advantage of. So if you are generous, you're choosing to be generous because it's a decision that you've made out of, you know, you're, you're thinking the whole thing through. And one of the things I've, I started doing very early in, in, um, in my journey of life, I kind of worked out this thing, is that there's always people that are trying to get stuff out of you. And um, I come up with this thing and this little phrase, and I'll say to people, because like, people will often say, I need to know right now. You need to make a decision now, you know, whether it's like someone's trying to sell you something or, you know, whatever. And I'll say to them, if you need a decision right now, the answer's going to be no. But if you can give me some time, then it might be a yes. And that, that time gives you the opportunity to think, to get some wisdom, get some advice before you um, jump into something where someone could be taking advantage of you. Okay, snake number four, wrong perspective around money. Like you've got your perspectives kind of all upside down, back to front around money. And it's a real trap around this thing is to give money more value than other things that actually are more valuable. Okay? Let me read you some of these things. Or, or a couple of examples is like, like peace in the home. Way more valuable than money. Like your health. Way more valuable than money. Like staying out of jail. Here's some perspective proverbs. How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get insight rather than silver? It's perspective. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates bribes will live. You know, again, you... you you will encounter these stories where people get rich, but, are, but the family's just blown apart. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Let me tell you a story. Some of you know that uh, a few years back I was involved with an engineering consultancy business. I've got an engineering degree and that's part of my, my journey. And uh, we were around the time when Auckland became a super city. Do you remember that? Yeah, a little, yeah, some people do. It's a while now, it's about eight years since uh, Auckland became a super city. 
And one of the edicts that came out from uh, the transition committee before it became a super city, which is where all the smaller cities became one big Auckland city, they said you are not allowed to award any contracts to, to any, uh, or any significant contracts uh, that have long-term uh, commitments uh, before, uh, as we lead up to this time of uh, Auckland becoming a super city. So, and then they were going to issue a whole lot of new contracts once they got going. So as an engineering business, we were like having to do these little bits of work, just these tiny little things, and we we're just waiting. And then we saw that there was this other engineering company, and um, we'd heard that they had been awarded a contract that took them three years right through the transition and all the way you know, through for, for three years. And they were the only consultancy in the whole of of all of the engineering consultancies in the whole city that got this contract. And what that meant though, because in the transition, no one else had contracts, everyone was like, the council was still trying to get engineering work done and they were going, where are we gonna get this done? Oh, this company, they've got this contract. Um, we should probably use them, because it was easy. So, not only did they have the only contract, but there was just all of this work was pouring their way. And we were looking at this and they go, how on earth did that happen? It's like, how do we compete with that? We're struggling to you know, stay afloat as a, as a company. And these guys were just like, you know, they were just doing huge, like millions of dollars worth of work. And uh, long story short, uh, about two weeks ago in the paper, the guy who was, the guy who worked for council that, was, that gave that contract, and the director of that company that got that contract were both um, awarded their sentences and uh, between five and seven years in jail for fraud. And it was a full-on investigation. We were, in the first three years of, um, of the Super City, they were a company the size of about, they had about 20 staff, and they, uh, had $24 million of income come from the council. Um, so do the maths, you know, do, do the hours. <laughs> like, work an hour, out an hourly rate per person and do the maths. Um, so, perspective. It's better not to be in jail. <laughs> Number five, snake. Harmful debt. And I haven't just said debt here, because not all debt's harmful, but harmful debt. And can I just say, like, well, you will read this scripture out of Proverbs, but what it's saying is that just do everything you can to get out of debt that is, that is harmful. Just if it is, listen to this, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said and snared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands. Go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. It's just saying just do whatever you can to get out of harmful debt. There's an organisation called Christians Against Poverty and uh, there's many organisations that help people out of, uh, out of challenging situations. But Christians Against Poverty is one organisation that just do phenomenal stuff. We're going to be running a course either later this year or early next year that uh, if, 
It's just smart stuff. It doesn't matter where you are in your, in your financial journey. It's just smart stuff. They've got wonderful tools. They've got wonderful relationships and skills and experience to help people. They can move. They've got relationships with uh, the best low-interest lenders so they can move your debt so that your interest you're paying is as low as it can be. They work out a plan. They've just got, they're just great at this stuff to help you get rid of debt. So if, that's a, if you're in a challenging place, use them or use someone like them. But do everything you can. Harmful debt. Number six, murky shortcuts. And I've called it murky because it's like sometimes it's like there's this thing where it's like, is this is this okay? Is this moral? Am I am I it feels a little like uneasy, but there's no real clear rules around this thing, but it just I think it's okay and you know, maybe I'm just convincing myself. You know, but like I say, there might look like there's some easy shortcuts in getting rich, but in the end it'll Bite you in the bud. 20 verse 17, food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. 21.6, a fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a deadly snare. And if you're unsure about what you're doing, if what you're doing is morally sound, again, get some input from people that, um, that you trust. And I know that like this challenge, like... If you're involved in business, if you're involved in um, you know, where you've got lots of responsibility over lots of different areas, you can't help but bump up to, against some grey areas. And uh, life's not always black and white. And so if you're not sure, it's just good just to get some good people around and just you know, chew on it and work it through. And the last snake here I've put down here is too much trust in wealth. Like I've said at the start, like, you know, it's a good thing to have financial stability. But 11 verse 28, those who trust in their riches will fall, and, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. All right, ready for the good stuff. This is it. This is how to increase your wealth. This is how to get rich. This is the, the book of Proverbs saying, this is it. This is how to get rich. Okay? You know, no, you, you're waiting for it. You ready? Are you ready for it? Yep. Okay, it's not lotto. It's not prayer. It's not investing in internetstartup.com. Here it is. It's work hard. It's work hard. Oh, darn. <laughs> I was hoping it was one of those other ones. It's work hard. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands brings wealth. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. There's a few others that aren't on the slides here that I was just looking at this morning. In 12 verse 14, it talks about how the work of his hands will reward him. Uh, 27:18, he who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit. It's just, it's just all the way through there. It just says, if you just work hard, then things will, will flow your way. And like most people are hoping for a different way. Most people are, uh, when I say most people, I hear lots and lots and lots and lots of stories of people that have gone for the get rich quick thing. And, and most of the, I can't actually think of any where they've come away and said that was the best decision. It was like amazing. I know that um, my parents, Cinder's parents, my friend's parents, they've all made these investments where they've been you know, trying to 
jump in on something. And I know one with Jacinda's parents, their, their lawyer, who you think, well, because lawyers are very trustworthy. <laughs> and, but the lawyer himself was investing in this thing. And they're thinking, well, if he's, he's a smart lawyer and he's investing, it's got to be a good thing. And that didn't work. And everyone's looking for a, a get-rich-quick scheme. Um, Lotto, there was that $43 million Lotto win recently, and uh, someone in Dairy Flat won it, which is where I live. I was actually, um, I was actually hoping it was one of you guys, but, uh, <laughs> but it, if it was, you haven't, you haven't, uh, you haven't let me know. Um, but here's something, like someone does win Lotto every week, but here's some advice. It's never going to be you. Okay, it's, it's just never going to be you. Like, it won't ever be you. <laughs> The odds of it being you are just off the charts. Um, I often say to people how much I have got out of Lotto, and I, but I just basically just take my $10 every week and multiply it by 52 weeks a year and multiply it by 30 years of, of had earning money and um, like, yeah, Lotto's been good to me, you know. What would that add up to? Heaps. Um, is that like 15 grand, is that right? I don't know. So... Um, some friends of ours, I remember when we were uh, young and but working, and some friends of ours came to us and they said, look, we have just found out about this opportunity to invest in an in internet um, company, internet startup company, and um, this is absolutely going to fly. And... You, we're talking about 20 times return on investment. We're putting in, you know, one of them was putting in $10,000, one was putting in $15,000. One of them, they'd talk to their parents and their parents were putting money in and their parents, one of their parents was actually a member of parliament. So, um, not, no, no slouch, no slug when it comes to, you know, things. And, um, and we were just gutted because we didn't have any money to invest in this guaranteed thing. And um, we're just thinking like, oh man, all our friends are just going to get this big shot in the arm financially and, and off they go. And we genuinely were like, oh, maybe we should borrow some money. But then we'd read the Proverbs and we said like, you know, maybe not such a prudent idea. And uh, everyone lost their money. <laughs> everyone lost their money. But the wisdom of Proverbs says, work hard and wealth accumulates. Okay, second thing about gaining financial stability that Proverbs talks about. It says plan. Plan. 21 verse 5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. You need to have a plan as well as working hard. Well, plan, plan what? Well, plan your, your goals, your career path, your, plan your budget, plan your investments, plan what kind of sacrifices you're going to have to make to get to your goals, plan if you're going to, you know, going to want to buy a house. I'll tell you, like, a budget is one of the best things that you can do. Um, takes a lot of stress out of all of your decision making, the guessing like about like can I afford this or can I not or the frustration of thinking I probably can't afford that because 
I'm not sure, but I probably can't, so I probably shouldn't, but I'm frustrated because I would love to. You know, I just wish I could buy this. Um, I'd, just, I'd just encourage it. You know, no matter what age and stage you are in life, is to, um, is to, is to do some planning. Maybe take an afternoon, take a day, and do some planning. Uh, we were um, we did this uh, home group uh, a few years back, and I remember at the start of the year uh, when we first all got back together again, and I said to everyone, um, "Why don't we just go around and let's just talk about the plans that we have, you know, for the year?" And these are you know these are good people, smart people, and we went around, and everyone just looked at me, just stared at me blankly, like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, wow, like planning's actually not that common. It's not actually that usual for people to have a plan. So um, if it's something that you find particularly hard, again, get people to help you. Um, get people to help you. But planning is a good thing. It's a ladder. All right, number three. I've called it play the long game. 13 verse 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's good, eh? Whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. How much does, uh, let's just, uh, not picking on coffee drinkers, how much does your coffee cost if you bought a coffee? Anyone? Five. Five dollars. That sounds expensive, but I don't buy coffee, so I wouldn't know. So five dollars. Okay. Let's just say if you had one less coffee a week, okay, that's like $250 a year. Over 10 years, that's $2,500. One coffee a week, $2,500. Oh, little by little. Little by, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> how did that happen? Um, Warren Buffett is one of the world's most richest men, although he's working very hard to give it all away. He's a wonderful guy. Um, and they did interviews, and it's like, what's your, what's your key? You know, what, what's, your, what's the gift you have that has made you able to be so wealthy? And he just says, patience. Patience. He just says, understands the long game. Little by little. You know, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. I love it. I love that a um, friend of mine just recently, um, was just this last week actually, just celebrating, um, paid off my student loan. And you know, that's, it's worth celebrating because it's just little by little, got rid of that, and then little by little, there'll be savings going forward. It's, um, it's worth celebrating the little by little. Last thing I've got here that I get out of Proverbs around ladders for, uh, around finances, is to learn. To learn. Listen to this. By wisdom, a house is built. Through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. You know, wisdom and knowledge will help you make good financial decisions. It will help you will help stop you making bad or dodgy decisions, will help you succeed in your job and get promoted, will give you skills that have value in the, in the job market, wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge. Like as, an, as an employer, uh, both in my engineering business and in other areas, 
uh, you can get people's CVs and you're reading through them, but when I'm interviewing them, I'm always looking for wisdom and knowledge. You know, what do you know and like, how actually good are you at just doing life, at like engaging with people? And, and you know, those, are the, those are the keys that I'm looking for. You know, so it's just so smart when to get advice from people. I, I know that there was a, I just heard just the last couple of weeks that one of the young married couples in our church was asking uh, another couple that were, you know, probably a decade ahead in terms of just life, but they were asking them about, um, for advice around finances. And I was just thinking, oh, yeah, that's smart. Get learning, learn about this stuff. Learn about how to, um, how to do this stuff well. But I'll tell you something else too, is that if you're, like, if you're on a kind of career trajectory and you're wanting to get ahead, one thing that you can do that was, is, to, is to get really good at something, like learn about some specific thing and just, you know, when, if, like in the evenings or in your spare time, be reading up about it, be doing, looking at all the TED Talks on it, be reading the books, be, be you know, just, just getting and becoming an expert in something, and uh, and I tell you, you become an expert in anything. You go places, and you become someone that people will pay lots of money to get your advice. And uh, you know, I I didn't do this when I was younger because I knew everything when I was younger. And um, but now that I'm older and I look back and I go, oh, what is it like? I actually didn't know everything when I was younger. And uh, I wish I had. I wish I had a bit more humility back then to, uh, and, and got a whole lot more advice around this stuff. So that's a whole lot of wisdom around money in about 40 minutes, isn't it? Okay. A few things there, a few nods of the heads, a few sort of like faces like that with some of these things. But uh, look, it's, it is this great perspective in the book of Proverbs too around the whole thing of, of wealth. In uh, Proverbs 30, verse 8, just towards the whole end of Proverbs, and they're kind of wrapping a few things up, it says this Give me neither poverty nor riches. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Give me neither poverty nor riches. Basically, saying that, you know, if, you, if I get too much, I might forget about my need for God. And, but if you give me too little, I might do something that will get me into trouble, like something dishonest or, you know, just, just don't give me poverty or riches. And it's just so important to take away, can you, can you take this away just as I finish with this, is that Proverbs 28, verse 6, better the poor whose walk is blameless than the rich whose ways are perverse. You know, the wisdom and right living are always way more important than money. I mean, money's important. We need it, you know, we need to put food on the table. But wisdom and right living is always way more important. So, but, so living well in this area leads to peace, generosity. It leads to the good life. All right, there's some wisdom. Why don't we stand together? You, know, you might be here this morning and you might be someone that doesn't normally come along to church or faith's not normally part of your, your journey or in terms of your connection with God, it feels very far away and, 
And uh, it may just be this morning that even in a funny way, just you could be thinking like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that, that, the, that the Bible, which is God's book, you know, did you know that God wrote a book? <laughs> it's God's, God's book. It's like, yeah, there's so much good stuff in there. I didn't realize this. Maybe I need to, I need to get a bit more connected with God around this whole thing. And, and uh, you may be thinking, actually, maybe, maybe today's the day. And could I just ask you, if, you are, if that's you this morning, if you are thinking like, you know, I want, to, I want to get my life right with God. I want to get things going good again with God. Could I just ask you, just where you are, and no one's looking around, but can you just, just put your hand up, just so, so I know it's you. Is there anyone here this morning? Cool. Anyone else? It's awesome. feel like we should do at the end of church today and I know that um, we're nearly at you know t- nearly nearly on done on time but um, what I feel like I got a nudge from God about is to get the people that have got to a place of financial stability to pray for people that are in a spot that where they would love God to intervene in their financial situation currently. So this could go really badly. Um, I don't know, but we're going to give it a crack. So what I would love us to do, and the guys will finish off just with a, with a worship song here. But if, there is, if, if you would be willing to pray for someone, if you're a person that when you look at your situation and you kind of think like, yep, there's some financial stability. We have some financial stability. Um, I would love you to actually, actually come up the front and maybe over this side and actually turn around and sort of face everyone. And then if you are someone that would like any of these people to, uh, to pray for you and just pray, a, pray into your situation, because often these tough you know, financial situations are, are short term, but if you'd like someone to pray for you, then we'd love you to do that. Love, love to have them do that for you. So... Could we have, so those people that would say, like, I would be willing to pray for some people. I'm in a place of financial stability now. Why don't we have you guys come up over here and just turn around and face people. Thanks, guys. It's really, I mean, I'm really proud of these guys because it's like I've asked them to turn around and face you all, you know, and you're a pretty scary bunch to be looking at on a, on a Sunday morning. So, um, so can I ask now if there, if there are people that would just like these guys to pray for you? Now, 
like it might not even be that you're in a tight financial spot, but you just think like, why not? Why not get a blessing from someone around this whole area of finance? And that's what we're just gonna ask them to do, is just to pray a blessing. Maybe it's for a specific situation, but maybe it's just praying a blessing on you in this whole area of finances. Then just come up, you know? I know it's not about like, if you come up, you know, everyone's gonna think like, oh no, what's happening? It's just that you're smart enough to go, I would love someone to pray a blessing on me around my finances. So come on up, just find, just find someone. Just find someone that you think like that. They look like that'd be a good one. You're very well. I'm going to take a couple of minutes to think about that. We're just going to finish with a worship song. We're going to hand over to Jason and the team just, just so that the rest of us have got something to do. No, it's not like that. It's, it's always good to finish with a, with a song of worship. So, so for the rest of us, let's, let's end, end with, a, with a song in our heart and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll just let this, this prayer continue to happen. All right. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is The kids are back in. Let's just pray a blessing. And uh, don't forget, there's sausages happening. These guys are going to be around up here for a while. So if you, uh, just in the swirl of after church, if you think, actually, I would like to get some prayer, then uh, please take advantage of the opportunity. All right, let's just close uh, in, in prayer. Father, we just thank you for for your goodness to us. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you that wisdom is something that is so much better than all of the treasures that we could have, God. And I pray that you would draw our hearts toward wisdom. God, I pray for people that are in tough financial situations, God, release blessing and provision for them, God, and wisdom for their particular situation. God, and I pray, God, that you would continue when it comes to this whole area of finances, God, that you would release good things to us, God, and that you would lead our hearts towards uh, peace and towards generosity. God, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.